0: So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 170. In last episode, we looked at true wisdom coming from God. And today, as we especially look at uh, the second chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, we'll see something called spirit-revealed wisdom, that it's the spirit of God who reveals the wisdom of God to people. And without that wisdom, uh, we basically sit under the judgment of God, and he reveals uh, our lack of wisdom in how we act and how we behave and how we treat each other and how we react to him. And so we'll continue in the book of Isaiah with God's oracles of judgment against different nations, including, again, Cush and uh, Jerusalem as well, the people of his own people of Israel. And then we'll uh, finish today with 1 Corinthians 2, which shows us how a massive change can happen in our lives. Through the Spirit of God doing his work to reveal the wisdom of God and changing us into new people. But we begin today, Isaiah chapter 20. The Lord revealed the following message during the year in which King Zargon of Assyria sent his commanding general to Ashdod, and he fought against it and captured it. At that time, the Lord announced through Isaiah, son of Amos, saying, Go, remove the sackcloth from your waist, and take your sandals off your feet. He did as instructed and walked around in undergarments and barefoot. Later the Lord explained, In the same way that my servant Isaiah has walked around in undergarments and barefoot for the past three years as an object lesson and omen pertaining to Egypt and Cush, so the king of Assyria will lead away the captives of Egypt and the exiles of Cush, both young and old. They will be in undergarments and barefoot. With the buttocks exposed, the Egyptians will be publicly humiliated. Those who put their hope in Cush and took pride in Egypt will be afraid and embarrassed. At that time, those who live on this coast will say, Look what has happened to our source of hope, to whom we fled for help, expecting to be rescued from the king of Assyria. How can we escape now? This is an oracle about the wilderness by the sea. Like strong winds blowing in the south, one invades from the wilderness, from a land that is feared. I have received a distressing message. The deceiver deceives. The destroyer destroys. Attack, you Elamites. Lay siege, you Medes. I will put an end to all the groaning. For this reason my stomach turns. Cramps overwhelm me, like the contractions of a woman in labor. I am disturbed by what I hear, horrified by what I see. My heart palpitates. I shake in fear. The twilight I desired has brought me terror. Arrange the table, lay out the carpet, eat and drink. Get up, you officers, smear oil on your shields, for this is what the Lord has told me. Go, post a guard. He must report what he sees. When he sees chariots, teams of horses, riders on donkeys, riders on camels, he must be alert, very alert. Then the guard cries out, On the watchtower, O Lord, I stand all day long. At my post I am stationed every night. Look what's coming, a charioteer, a team of horses. When questioned, he replies, Babylon has fallen, fallen. All the idols of her gods lie shattered on the ground. On my downtrodden people, crushed like stalks on the threshing floor, what I have heard from the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, I have reported to you. This is an oracle about Duma. Someone calls to me from Seir. Watchman, what what is left of the night? Watchman, what is left of the night? The watchman replies Morning is coming but then night If you want to ask ask come back again This is an oracle about Arabia in the thicket of Arabia you spend the night you Dedian and caravans bring out some water for the thirsty you who live in the land of Tima bring some food for the fugitives for they flee from the swords they from the drawn sword and from the battle-ready bow and from the severity of the battle For this is what the Lord has told me. Within exactly one year, all the splendor of Kadar will come to an end. Just a handful of archers, the warriors of Kadar, will be left. Indeed, the Lord God of Israel has spoken. This is an oracle about the Valley of Vision. What is the reason that all of you go down or go up to the rooftops? The noisy city is full of ruckus sounds. The town is filled with revelry. Your slain were not cut down by the sword. They did not die in battle. All your leaders ran away together. They fled to a distant place. All your refugees were captured together. They were captured without a single arrow being shot. So I say, don't look at me. I am weeping bitterly. Don't try to console me concerning the destruction of my defenseless people. For the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies has planned a day of panic, defeat, and confusion. In the valley of vision, people shout and cry out to the hill. The Elamites pick up the quiver and came with chariots and horsemen. The men of Ker prepared the shield. Your very best valleys were full of chariots. Horsemen confidently took their positions at the gate. They removed the defenses of Judah. At that time you looked for the weapons in the house in the forest. You saw many breaks in the walls of the city of David. You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the houses in Jerusalem and demolished houses so you could have material to reinforce the wall. You made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, but you did not trust in the one who made it. You did not depend on the one who formed it long ago. At that time, the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies called for weeping and mourning for shaved heads and sackcloth. But look, there is outright celebration. You say, kill the ox and slaughter the sheep. Eat meat and drink wine. Eat and drink for tomorrow we die. The Lord of Heaven's Armies told me this. Certainly this sin will not be forgiven as long as you live, says the Sovereign Lord of Heaven's Armies. This is what the Sovereign Lord of Heaven's Armies says. Go visit this administrator Shebna, who supervises the palace, and tell him, What right do you have to be here? What relatives do you you have buried here? Do you chisel out a tomb for yourself here? He chisels out his burial site in an elevated place he carves out his tomb on a cliff look the lord will throw you far away you mere man he will wrap you up tightly he will wind you up tightly into a ball and throw you into a wide open land there you will die and there you will be your and there with you will be your impressive chariots which bring disgrace to the house of your master i will remove you from your office You will be thrown down from your position. At that time, I will summon my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will put your robe on him, tie your belt around him, and transfer your authority to him. He will become a protector of the residents of Jerusalem and of the people of Judah. I will place the key to the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens the door, no one can close it, and when he closes the door, no one can open it. I will fasten him like a peg into a solid place, he will bring honor and respect to his father's family. his father's family will gain increasing prominence because of him, including the offspring and the offshoots. All the small containers, including the bowls and all the jars, will hang from his from this peg at that time, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The peg fastened into the solid place will come loose, it will come off and fall, and the load hang- and the load hanging on it will be cut off indeed, the Lord. Has spoken. So again, we hear that God's judgment coming upon these various groups, including His own people of Jerusalem. Uh, I find it very striking to hear that part where God is calling them to lament, to ask for forgiveness, to put uh, ashes on their heads, and to uh, ask God to to show them mercy. And instead, they party. Instead, they ignore it. And instead, they act like everything's fine. And they lack, really, the wisdom to see the truth of their situation, the truth of what's happening, and the truth that the only help they'll ever find is by turning to God himself, not looking to other nations, not looking to themselves, but looking to the God, the only one, who can give them the strength and the ability to be renewed and restored and have their sins and grace shown to them. And so that wisdom is something that everybody, in one sense, needs and ought to long for. Uh, And where does it come from? The Apostle Paul in his second chapter of the church in Corinth says that that wisdom can only come from God, from the Spirit of God, who reveals that wisdom to people. And so let's read about this in First Corinthians chapter 2. Paul writing to the church in Corinth saying, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come with superior eloquence or wisdom as I proclaimed the testimony of God, For I decided to be concerned about nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and with much trembling. My conversation and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit, and of power, so that your faith would not be based on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Now we do speak wisdom among the mature but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are perishing. Instead, we speak the wisdom of God, hidden in a mystery that God determined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things that no eye has seen or ear heard or mind imagined are the things God has prepared for those who love Him. God has revealed these to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the things of a man except the man's spirit within him? So too, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. And we speak about these things, not with words taught us by human wisdom, but with those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. The unbeliever does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The one who is spiritual discerns all things, Yet he himself is understood by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to advise him? But we have the mind of Christ. Well, I hope you're able to follow Paul's explanation here that it's the Spirit of God who reveals the wisdom of God to people who otherwise would be blind to it, would be foolish, would not understand it. And it reminds me, as I think about it, that anything I understand about God, anything I understand about who God is, about what Jesus has done, about the wonder of God's grace and his mercy to me in Jesus, to the wonder of what it means to be forgiven and loved by God, even though I don't deserve it, that all these things are not things that I thought of myself or figured out myself, but these are things that I understand only because the Spirit of God has revealed them to me, has, in a sense opened my blind eyes, given me ears to hear it and believe it, and changed my heart so that I would know the truth of God's true wisdom. Jesus crucified, resurrected, the Spirit revealing Him to us. And so my hope and my prayer is that as you listen to this, these truths would sink into your heart and your mind, not because you're smart or because you're able to understand it in and of yourself or myself, but that any of us who understand it would understand it, realizing we do so as a gift from God by the power of His Spirit, who reveals God's wisdom to us. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http://netbible httpnetbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.